You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Smarter than you, Pat. That song was smarter than all of us together. I think so. I didn't want to admit it though. <laughs> I like that song. I do too. That was good. That was uh, Math Theater uh, doing the song Triggy Rules. Is that like Penis Puppet Theater? No, I can definitely say it's nothing like Penis Puppet Theater. Yeah, because it's Not harder a lot to of... add more than like one when you're doing Penis <laughs> Puppet Theater. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am Mike, and this is Forty Going On Fourteen. I'm Patrick. And I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. Uh, recently connected with a new mic because I discovered that two tin cans and a string is a bad way to connect to the internet to do a podcast. Apparently. He also bought a plane. <laughs> well, you know, that's all the money I saved on this microphone. <laughs> Picked up a few things. And he saved 15% on his car insurance. So, so why are we doing math music today? Oh, my Jesus. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> no, that's not why. That's not why. Oh, I'm sorry, but about that, that caught me off guard totally because I did hear that sound, and I was kind of wondering what it was, but I was just going to ignore it, and then you brought it to the forefront, and it, it just made me laugh. I'm sorry. You will be. <laughs> oh, man. We're getting all educational on you again. Yeah, only we this are... time we're not talking about television shows that taught us numbers and how to read and all that stuff. We're talking about video games and computer programs. Yeah, educational software. You'll have fun, but you'll learn while you're doing it. Or edutainment, as as the word is called nowadays. Ooh, really? Yeah, that's actually a word. No, it's not, is it? That's yeah, real. It is. It's not it's a scramble real dictionary. Word. I don't count it. <clears throat> scramble. It's not a good world. Scramble. Scramble. What's a scramble dictionary? Is that like an I egg? Didn't say scramble. That's when, that's when he talks to his breakfast. <laughs> the shorter to cook dictionary. <laughs> Honey, uh, like, uh, what am I going to make today? Scramble. You didn't? No, scrabble. Ah. What is that? Scrabble? It's a game. Like it's words like words with friends. That's so sad. You know what? There are probably people out there that think that. Like what the hell, is Scrabble? <laughs> you know, well they have they have words with friends on the uh, game shelf right now. Yeah, that's yeah. what blows my mind. Is why why is words with friends allowed to be a game a take home game that you can buy in the store when it's based on a game that was a take home game that you could buy in the store? Because if you care about Scrabble, you don't have any friends. That's an idea. Uh, yeah. So, if you want to contact us, <laughs> yell at Josh. <laughs> I, I was going to say that was like remember when remember when the um the the TV show the like miniseries the Bible came out. I remember being at Walmart and they had a book that said it said the Bible based on the miniseries. And I'm like, <laughs> well, isn't there already a book that does that? <laughs> 
it, just, uh, it was funny to me. I was like, well, was, what's the difference? Like, Barack Walmart. Obama is the devil. Like, they outright call him the devil in that one. What? <laughs> so, do we have any uh, voicemails or emails, Josh? No, we do not. No. I thought we had a messenger pigeon, but it just turns out that the neighborhood cat lugs me. Yeah. There was no message attached yeah. to his leg. And there was no leg. <laughs> <laughs> it was really just a bloody pile of feathers. but <laughs> hmm. So, but if you want to get in touch with us and uh, tell Josh what you think about him not caring about Scrabble, uh, you can get us at 40go14 at gmail.com. You can also look us up on Facebook at 40going14on14 and give us a phone call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Or get us on Twitter, which is uh, at 40go14. So there you go. Yeah. No, I don't hate Scrabble. I mean, it's not Risk or anything. Now, refresh my memory. Did we ever get drunk and play a game of racial slur Scrabble? No. No. We just I got remember. drunk, that's all. Because I, vag- well, I vaguely recall playing a game of Scrabble where you could use all sorts of foul words. Yeah, you and I played that you- game, yeah. But, I mean, do we, ma- we have the rule that if we use a racial slur that uh, corresponded with somebody in the room, that you got extra points? <laughs> no, I like that idea, well, then, we, then we need to play that, then. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a terrible idea. Racism is always fun. <laughs> Until somebody gets lynched. Never mind. <laughs> I double thought you were going to say double word score. <laughs> that too. Hey, let's try this now. This week in music, movies, and TV. All right, so this week we are doing December 3rd, 1971, because that was the actual first release of the game Oregon Trail. I did not know that. Yeah. It was like a limited release. I mean, he did it in his like classroom and everything. It wasn't you know, until like two years later it was picked up by a software company. Yeah, it was a um, it was just like a project initially. Yeah. So, but uh, December third, just 19- a way to keep the kids you know busy so they stopped annoying you so much. <laughs> yeah, and le- let them learn about dysentery. <laughs> so, music. The number one song is the theme from Shaft. Wait, hey, what you talking about? He's Shut a bad mother. Shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Just talking about Shaft. You sound so sad. That's all I was trying to do, man. Just talking about Shaft. You always stomp on me when I talk about Shaft. You just, that was so sad. That's a man, that's a man whose, whose freedoms have been just trampled too many times. Shaft always makes me smile because we took my grandmother to go see the movie with Samuel Jackson. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was and not it was, terrible. It wasn't great, but... Well, it wasn't until there was the one scene where it, she only laugh when people are getting beat up. (laughs) She was mean. You don't remember that? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also, I mean, it was not as bad as like when my brother used to take her to the movie. He took her to see um, uh, Team America. Yeah. And then he brought her home, dropped her off and left. So we got all the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what those puppets were doing? So anyway... (laughs) In music history, December 4th, the Montreux, uh, Montreux, Mont- I think. Montreux Casino in Montreux, Switzerland, caught fire and burned during a performance by FZ... Fuzzy Zippers. Uh, <laughs> Fuzzy Zeller. Fuzzy Zeller was up there singing, yeah. Come on, who would that be? Zeller. <laughs> who would that be? It's Frank Zappa. There you Frank go. Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. For those of you that don't know, Such Patrick puts a random, random initials uh-huh. in our uh, This Weekend, ever since we let him have that. He's talking <laughs> about Frank Zappa. So, well, he caught the uh, casino on fire after he shot a flare gun into the rafters. Oh, a fan. Uh, a fan did? Yeah, oh. he did. Well, excuse me, but for, okay, Frank Zappa shooting a flare gun into the rafters is completely legit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For a second there, I thought you said Frank Zappa shot a flare gun into a fan. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> 
Uh, so that's why the place caught on up, fire. But it would be believable. So I don't. Yeah. If you said Neil Diamond did it, nobody would believe it. But <laughs> uh, members of Deep Purple, who were due to begin recording at the casino the next day, watched the scene from their hotel across Lake Geneva and later immortalized the events in the song "Smoke on the Water." Fire in the sky. And in the uh, not not a good week for Frank Zappa category on December 10th, oh. not even a week later, 1971, he broke his leg after being pushed off stage by a fan at the Rainbow in London. That actually was Fuzzy Zeller. And they called him. <laughs> and his his roadies actually for like the next month after that called him Frank Snappa because he broke something. That's so movie. That's true. Look it up. No, yeah. I, okay. I will do that, Joel. Yes. Let's not, have our fact not right now, up. but I mean, look. Oh, at <laughs> oh okay. Checkers are getting on that. Yeah. Movies. Fiddler on the Roof is the middle of a four-week run at number one. It wound up watching, winning uh, three Oscars uh, for best movie, best screenplay, nope. and best puppetry. Nope. Nope. And what, what was it? Oh God. Uh, cinematography, <laughs> best original screenplay, or not screen, uh, um, adapted score, which was actually one of John Williams. Uh, Oscar wins, and I don't remember what the other one was. Uh, I would uh, best actor. No, I don't think any of the actors got anything. You it was don't a think? Whole... Uh... Might, I don't know. It might have been a supporting actor or something like that. But I don't. Think I always is. wish they would have reshot it and done Fiddler on the Roof, and instead of Topol being the fiddler, he could have played the same character that he played in uh, Flash Gordon. I want to be a fiddler on the roof, Flash Gordon. <laughs> mash up. Flies up to the roof. I were middle middle rich middle middle. It's Freddie. Is that Ming the Murphs? If I were a winged man. So in the theme of racism <laughs> that we were discussing earlier before our pre-show, which we won't go into again. Yeah, all in the family. Like, well, All in the Family is the number one TV show. Oh. <laughs> Just doing improv of Flash Gordon meets Fiddler on the Roof over here. Speaking of racism... <laughs> Now it's, now it's just racist to mention someone is Jewish. <laughs> Funny, he doesn't look Jewish. Uh, oh. Oh. Did any of you watch All in the Family? Yeah. Yes. I did too. But Archie! <laughs> oh, that episode where she, she gets... I thought you were doing Queen again. <laughs> <laughs> that episode where she gets... Oh, that was Archie! Bunker! Gloria was like the most annoying character in TV history. But Let's other than calling... her, I loved that show. Let's start calling Pat Meathead from now on. <laughs> I only watch it for the toilet blush. <laughs> He did it all for the dookie. (laughs) (laughs) So you can talk to Uki. Both both of you go sit in the corner. (laughs) I'm just talking about Uki. (sighs) (laughs) 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 Vernon White, MMA fighter and protege of Ken Shamrock. White has fought for the Ultimate Fighting Championship, Pride Fighting Championship, Strike Force, King of the Cage, Pancreas, and has also played... Wait, what? Pancreas? I don't know. <laughs> he fought. Interesting. For pancreas. pancreas. Nice. I don't even know how to pronounce that, but I assure you it's not pancreas. <laughs> there's no... There's... Pancreas? I guess. Pancreas. I don't know. I had pancreas. I had pancreas for breakfast. <laughs> Bacon pancreas. It's like half crepes, half pancakes. It's pancreas. Pan- I guess pan- pancreas, or I don't know, but it's not pan- pancreas. In the 50s, pan- they were nuts pan- about pancreas. Pan- 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 Pan craze. 
<laughs> Moving he on. also played for the Nevada Lions of the IFL. Are you, is that more acronyms or is that? No, that's uh, an actual thing. It's okay. Yeah, football league. And he also was in the WWE in 1997. There you go. Yeah, that was all I could find. Sports is getting. Vernon White likes his fan craze. <laughs> Uh, miscellaneous. That's the most pressed <laughs> years. But. What the hell? In, mass, in miscellaneous, you have in, India invades West Pakistan to begin the full-scale Indo-Pakistani War of 1971, claiming hundreds of lives. Yep. Uh, on a side note, it well, happened this week. Yeah. It did. Well, there you go. Right around the time Oregon Trail was released. No, on that day. On That was an actual thing on December 3rd. Coincidence? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> uh all right, so we're going to be talking about educational software, and uh, yes. I want to pose a question as we started. For the purposes of the show, what are we going to call educational software? Because you can make an interesting case for the idea that almost any video game could be educational if presented in the right way. I mean, you can even learn how to read a map from playing Grand Theft Auto. Superman 19, uh, Superman 64. You can learn nothing from that game. Patience. <laughs> E.T. What can you learn from that game on Atari? Uh, not to buy the game? Yeah, exactly. Economic theory. <laughs> How not to design a game? All right. So what, okay, what educational software? Are we looking at something that does something straight off of the three R's, the reading, writing, arithmetic type thing? Well, I think it's something that you can get any form of knowledge that you would consider academic, since later in the show we're going to be talking about games that are primarily for entertainment but might be able to teach you something about history or might inspire you to go on your own and learn something about history. Were you going to Michael McDonald him first? Yeah. No, I wasn't. I was not going to Michael I McDonald him. I was. I was queuing it up for when you started talking, Joel. I didn't say anything. That was a, that was a preemptive strike. We don't cut no learning around here. I'm loading up the McDonald's. I'll, I'll teach you to answer a question I ask. So I think... I think That's what for, I did last uh, week. Michael McDonald. Thanks, Pat. Oh, damn. Pat didn't want to remind me of what I did last week. Uh, so educational software. Yes. I think it's got to be something that is... I guess for the best, school-worthy? I mean, because nowadays, and now educational software is all over the place. You can learn literally anything on software. Back in, let's say, 1986, we had very specific programs that were on our computers at school, because very few of us in that time had PCs at home. Actually, except, actually, yeah. we are just you mentioning this, saying you can learn just about anything electronically now. We, I posted something on Facebook a few months back. Um, basically, we are not far off from the days of where you can just have have a microchip like in the days in Shadowrun where you just learn a language by putting a chip in into a part of your body like skill wires yeah no like toll house Nestle toll house so if you so if you know how to repair a car you can skill wire it and bring somebody back from the dead <laughs> <laughs> yes all right. I mean, so yeah, uh, educate. I mean, there's no end to what educational software can actually do. No, there isn't. But I mean, in in the let's say in the origins of educational software, I mean, you can say Zork. Zork was an educational software, though you could probably pull it off if the teacher wasn't paying attention because all they would see is words on the screen. So when your teacher wasn't paying attention, you started to pull it off. <laughs> That's why I got kicked out of class a lot. Yes. <laughs> Looking at our list of games we're going to talk about, would everyone agree, at least let's start with a then, that these are all educational games? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. definitely. Because there's a couple controversial, uh, less controversy in the then than we have in the now. But I, I think that the list for both is generally everyone would agree is uh, has some educational value. Yes. Yeah, something that you would normally have you know, to learn, 
reading, writing, arithmetic, uh, geography, history, something that would, yeah, history is something that would correspond to a school class back then. Sure. Okay. All right. So we'll start out with the big one, Oregon Trail. <laughs> uh, Oregon Trail debuted on uh, December 31st, 1971 to Don Rostich. Rostich. Rostich's class history class where he was a student teacher. Uh, he was a senior at Carton College in Carleton College in North <laughs> Carleton. <laughs> it ain't unusual to be loved by anyone. In Northfield, Minnesota, and he recruited two friends and Paul Dillenberger and Bill Heineman, <gasps> I wonder, la, 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 la. Re- related to Jamie, uh, to help use an HP timeshared basic running on an HP 2100 mini computer to write the pro- computer program. <laughs> so. Why are we doing that? It's making me laugh. <laughs> I don't. Dysentery. What the hell is wrong with you two? <laughs> So that was the first uh, first uh, debut of. Um, it didn't Oregon last Trail. long because everybody died of dysentery. Yeah, but it was. Well, it's true. How far did you guys make it playing Oregon Trail? Did you make it all the way there? I never made it all the way. Times. <clears throat> Dude, I was lucky. If to, yeah. yeah. But the majority of the time, yeah, horrible deaths ensued. But mm-hmm. I made it a couple times. Yeah. Just just on a side note, to let you know what he programmed this on, it was on it was on a Fortran, a Fortran machine. Uh, it had 4K of main memory, Ooh. expandable to 8K, Ooh. or 16K with a memory extender, 16 I.O. slots in the mainframe, a 10 megahertz clock, and memory cycle time of 1.6 microseconds. Damn. <laughs> That bad. That's that's not good. Okay. <laughs> Back then it was friggin' amazing. That's, that's but... the equivalent nowadays of um like a like a watch calculator. <laughs> not even. Yeah, I mean, uh, calculator watches are beyond that. Did you know? I mean, the, the the amount of power in one cell phone is more power than they actually had when they put a man on the moon. Well, yeah, because they didn't have cell phones back then. They landed on the moon. <laughs> but just, just the the amount of technology in one cell phone is more technology than NASA had at the, yeah. when they put a man on the damn moon. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy and frightening at the same time. Yeah. Pat, that was very educational. Oh, there you, you can go. Go back to sleep now. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, folks. So See you later. <laughs> Oregon Trail. We've all played it. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So Josh, you'd you'd pose the question: Did any any of us actually make it to Oregon? Yeah, I didn't. No, I never did. Everybody died. Yeah. I used to play it all death. the time. All the time. I mean, and yeah, I I made it a couple times, but majority of the time, horrible, horrible death. Either now here's like, the, the real question: starvation or dysentery. Did any of us actually learn anything from this? I learned where Oregon was. <laughs> So no, <laughs> I, no, I I didn't. Just that yeah, I just felt I don't recall learning anything. I just recall liking it a lot. But I mean, I, it had to have contributed somehow in some kind of way to my learning process. Because I mean, you, it, it's it's all about decision making and learning about you know what decisions. Ugh, why is that so hard to say? Because my mouth is dry. Decisions. Well, I think you do learn a little bit about how difficult the life of the pioneers headed west were. Like why so many of them didn't make it. What they had to do in order to hope to survive the difficult trip westward. Right, yeah, I mean, in, in that sense, it was, it was like, like a living history kind of thing. It was just very specific in what you learned. Yeah. It had a wagon. <laughs> but just in general, you know, the, the whole, like, learning how to make the proper decisions and, and weigh how, judge the pros and cons and stuff, you know? How difficult it was to control a rifle in that game. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh. Tell me about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, time to hunt. And by hunt, I mean miss everything and get nothing. <laughs> but that was pretty time, accurate, though. I mean, Time to cross your fingers and hope you accidentally hit a deer. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, which also is why most of my crew starved to death. 
See, that was my problem is everybody always starved. I could never have enough food for for my people. It wasn't like dysentery or disease. It was just a lack of food. I was a horrible provider. <laughs> I still am. That's, <laughs> oh, that's, that's not got true. dark. <laughs> yeah. oh, it got really sad all Pat, of a sudden. Quick, save me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come to me for the guy to raise spirit. Good idea. <laughs> I just want to do that for me. That's all. Sorry. Okay, thank you. Okay, now the other big one. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Hold on, let me do it. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? I, I swear, I thought you were going to say, let me do it. Then you go, <laughs> no, I was not going to sing the theme song to Northern Exposure. That's not an educational program. And Space Quest is not an educational game. Exactly. <laughs> now, so, when did the, when did this first get released, did you say? What was the year again? Uh, I didn't say. Oh, no, you said Oregon Trail was 1971. Yes. Um, 1985. Okay, because I knew this has been around for a long time, and it's been several incarnations over the years, right? You've had a TV yeah, show. Yeah, that one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different, and there's a board game. There's a bunch, bunch of different, uh, where in the world, where in the USA, where in Europe, where in time. Where the hell? <laughs> where in, <laughs> where in uh, the hell is Carbon For the very specific, there was a prototype for where in North Dakota. Why would you do that? I don't know. Where in North Dakota is Carmen? Well, there's only like really two places where people are you in North Dakota. Good luck if she's out in the yeah. somewhere. You've got some kid in like New Mexico who's like, why would I play that game? I don't care. <laughs> there was uh, Where in America's Past, Where in the World Deluxe. Then they started theming them, Junior Detective. Then it was Where in the World Reboot and Great Chase Through Time, Where Detective, Math Detective. Is there one in space or something? Yes, there was. I thought so. And you're not always chasing Carmen Sandiego, if I recall. You're sometimes chasing someone else of the Vile Syndicate, the V-I-L-E. Yeah, she's I have just confessed. the leader, right? Yeah. I have never played a Carmen Sandiego what? game. What? What? I have no. I've never played a Carmen Sandiego game. What are you talking about, Willis? <gasps> I, well, come on. I, I graduated. I got into high school in 86. This came out in 85. So? Yeah. I played you used it to watch college. Animaniacs every day at four in college. That was in 1994. I don't care. I don't I'm, care. What is it? And what does it have to do with Carmen Sandiego? You're you're we're a kid at heart. You've always been a kid at heart. Yeah, but I never played Carmen Sandiego. I played Oregon Trail. Never played this one. Wow. But you guys, oh my God, you guys are acting like I have just confessed to some heinous crime. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just one of those things. Like you know how when I say I haven't done something, it's just one of those ubiquitous things that you can't believe somebody has done because it was just such a big part of your childhood or whatever. You know. Well, now I know how you feel, Pat. Yeah, exactly. But there's you know whatever. Fuck them. <laughs> So, tell me, tell me what was so awesome about Carmen Sandiego? It was just fun because I mean, I mean, I honestly, I I do remember learning a lot playing this game, learning a lot about geography. Honestly. Yeah, you'd get clues about where the various uh, suspects were or were not, and I remember if you were getting too close, you'd get attacked. Like a little knife would be thrown across the screen, or a flower pot would be dropped near your head. Yeah, and for years yeah. I had a um, Fodor, you know, the the Atlas of the World because of this game that I just had in my book collection and i would just randomly flip through it learn things about places i was like if i was going on a trip or something well that sounds fun it is i, w I wish i had played it now well, yeah you, you still can okay it's not illegal that you but, not play it yeah just well, here's one don't though. play the facebook version it's not no. good yeah we'll get into that later yeah just because i downloaded the uh new version of uh oregon trail too yeah, i think the girls would really like it too honestly cool uh have you guys ever recalled playing a game called odell lake no uh, no no didn't know that was a thing 
That is a thing. Odo Lake came in 1986. We had this on the computers at uh, my school. Uh, you played a fish in in a lake, and you you play different kinds of fish, like a Dolly Varden or whatever, and you would encounter other fish, and you would either try to eat them, chase them away, escape in the shallows, escape to the deep part of the lake, or just completely ignore them to try and survive long enough to have a family and populate, you know, that sort of thing. The coolest thing was in this game, and the only reason I liked playing it is that when you had eat or if you tried to ignore another fish and they actually turned out to be a predator, this is like little like eight bit, even less bit picture. The fish would float up that little bump, bump, bump. And then it would get these huge freaking like uh, critter type teeth and just and eat you or you would eat them. That was the only thing. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, not a clue. Oh, my God. So apparently they only had this at my house. <laughs> <laughs> you sure your mom didn't program it? Yeah. <laughs> and then you won when you found the turkey hanging in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> that was a legitimate <gasps> that time. <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately was like shocked. That was crazy. Okay, yes. so let's keep going here. Please, Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Junior Math. Yeah, you can't uh, just say Donkey Kong. Yeah, that, that was not educational. <laughs> yeah, it didn't teach you how to be a plumber. Nope. <laughs> it didn't teach you how to be a donkey. <laughs> so Donkey Kong Junior Math. <laughs> Did you get a donkey? Uh, this was not a commercial success. It uh, was one of the uh, launch titles for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It was originally released in Japan as Donkey Kong Jr.'s Math Play, or sometimes released as Junior Math Lesson. Uh, you basically controlled Donkey Kong Jr., and uh, you pretty much had to do math problems in order to win. You were climbing vines to collect numbers to uh, complete, like, uh, the screenshot I've got here has Donkey Kong holding up a sign that says plus 66, and the Donkey Kong Jr. is just running around trying to hit uh, the mathematical operators at the bottom and then collect the numbers. Anyone else actually play this? No. Nope. No. I didn't even know it existed. But it, it reminds me of when we got our Atari 2600. My parents tried to force us to learn and got us the math cartridge. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> what? It was, you don't remember that Atari? No. Atari? Yeah. It was, Atari like was that like a punishment? Was, no, they bought, us, they bought us like Space Invaders. If you want to play Night Driver and, and Pac-Man, you're going to have to play math game. And yeah, Night Driver and math. And math, it would pop like, and you can do addition, multiplication, subtraction, division, and all that. And you had to... It was like, is, it, is that uh, what it was called? Just math? <laughs> just math. Kind of like the beer that Archie Bunker drank? Beer? Right. Beer. Math. Yes, it just said math. And they, that they, all it would do math. is uh, an addition problem would pop up on the screen, and you had to move the the stick up or down to get to the numbers left and right to get to the place and press the button to answer. So there wasn't even a monkey involved. There wasn't even a monkey. It was just math. We're talking literally seconds of fun. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much like, yeah, cool, math. It's a math game. No, it's just math. Was it at least like the Tecmo bowling where like you got a strike and went whoop, whoop, whoop. Kids, did you not think the teacher gave you enough homework? Play our game. And and if you got it wrong, it it went like when you fell on the log and pitfall. No, it just went me. <laughs> wow. It didn't like when you won. You like got it right. It went huh, nothing. Nope. <laughs> nope. nope. I, didn't, I didn't have a lot of good educational software when I was growing up. You're too I have, busy I have, playing I have learned Pinata. so much about, about the makings of the hot dog doing this podcast with Mike. <laughs> <laughs> the hot dog that is Mike. I've learned so much about the making of this. Why am I a hot dog? Yeah. Why is he a hot dog, Pat? I Explain. don't know, but just like the like the behind the scenes of how Mike was turned <laughs> why, why am I made out of pork lips and cow ass? <laughs> So tell us about the other educational game, Cleaning Our Room, Mike. 
<laughs> in the movie version, he'll be played by Cora Nemec. It's going to be classic. It'll be on the Sci-Fi Channel. Uh, you went with Cora Nemec. Like, yep. <laughs> well, it's either that or C. Thomas Howell, and I just Cora Nemec was a better fit. C. Uh... Thomas do what? Howell. Howell. <laughs> And then at the end of the movie, Mike like goes postal, and they totally fake like that last part. But anyway, so yeah, no math. <laughs> wait, 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 wait! I'm, I'm looking up who the hell Coronemic is. Parker Lewis <laughs> right. can't lose. Oh, he was also in Sand Sharks. Right, and he's done some. He did the. Uh, he did a serial killer movie. He played um. Uh, math. Night Stock. <laughs> he played math. <laughs> math is hard. Uh, uh, anyway, no, I do not remember math, and I'm I'm glad I don't actually. I, I much yeah. prefer you know ice dry like dry night driver and the one where you drove on like ice taught me more about driving a car than math probably would have ever taught me about math. <laughs> I still use the techniques I learned in that game to drive in the winter. So I remember, I remember uh, we had a, it goes without saying that I didn't have any of the Mario games either. <laughs> no, I didn't. I actually didn't know these existed. The Mario Discovery series, which uh, consisted of Mario's Missing, Mario's Time Machine, and several games under the banner of Mario's Early Years. These were actually PC games, not on the NES. Whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, I actually ended up looking them up because I was having a discussion with a coworker a couple of years ago, and she was describing this game, and I thought she was a crazy person. And I hit Wikipedia, and yeah, these were actually real. Um, they were uh, by a company called the Software Toolworks. Uh, five games in total. Mario's Missing is a geography-based game, not entirely unlike uh, the Carmen Sandiego titles. Um, hmm. It was also the first Mario game to have Luigi as a main character until Luigi's Mansion in 2001. Thank God. Luigi deserves the spotlight. Indeed. Um, Mario's Time Machine and uh, the lesser-known Mario Early early Years games, like fun, Mario Fun with Letters, Mario Fun with Numbers, and Mario Preschool Fun. Huh. Never heard of now, it. See, there was a lot of oh, there was a lot of crossover. There was in the way of educational stuff. Do any of you recall the um, when the NES was out? There was a cartridge that taught you how to play the piano, but then you had to buy a whole damn keyboard to go along with it. I nope. think you're alone on that one again, dude. Yeah. Oh, shit. Did you actually own a console, or did your mom just connect random things to a box and tell you you were playing video games? <laughs> My we're gonna play math and piano lesson. <laughs> And all she just hands him a bunch of flashcards, and he's like, oh, this is a great game. (laughs) Honey, go plug in the cardboard box, please. It's time to play clean your room. Oh, man. I guess it's your day in the barrel, Mike. (laughs) No, this is what it feels like to be Joel, apparently. It really explains so much, though, is what's funny. Okay, I just posted on Facebook. It's called the Miracle Piano Teaching System. I really want to say something Which, terrible, but I'm, I'm refraining. It was on the NES, the SNES, SNES, and also on the Genesis. There's no link in the chat. And oh, on the Jesus. Facebook chat. No, there's nothing in there. Don't you say that. Oh, Jesus. Do you guys see anything? Because I don't see anything in there, Josh. Matt. I really hope oh, this is nothing. one of the episodes your mother listens to, Mike. <laughs> Oh. It came with a keyboard. It had an it had a MIDI keyboard, and you hooked it up to the computer. I think you were getting and... punked your entire life, man. <laughs> uh, this this is a good one for a call in, though. If if you remember the Miracle Piano Teacher System or the uh, the Math Game, uh, I'd like I'd like to hear a, a voicemail on the subject. Yeah, bail my ass out of it. <laughs> it's time to play clean the toilet. Here's your joystick. <laughs> It's got bristles on the end. It smells like Grandpa's house. 
All right. Moving on to what I thought was the controversial choice. uh, There's two of these that are a little controversial, and one which is clearly educational. I'm talking about the Sim games. you got Sim City, Sim Tower, and the one I'd say is clearly educational, Sim Ant. Sim Ant. Yeah. Is is Mike bringing the Death Star in? What does that sound? It's Josh landing again. Flight Simulator. <laughs> oh Jesus! Oh God! Okay, now so SimCity and Sim Tower. I mean, ed- yeah, they definitely teach you things. I mean, even the normal games they teach you. I mean, if you want to be a city planner, there's a, there's a great learning tool. <laughs> well, in SimCity, I mean, you had how you had to you know make sure that you had enough power, make sure you had plumbing, make sure all the houses you know were in the right spots, and there was also a uh, financial aspect to it, also. Sure, and you had to learn about the interactions between various things like public utilities, commercial zones versus industrial zones, traffic centers. And a giant robotic eyeball. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we all needed to learn about the giant robotic eyeball. If, there was a robotic if, eyeball in that. If, Don't you do this to me. <laughs> An eyeball doesn't have a mouth. How does it make a sound? <laughs> we are so off the rails. No, Pat is. I, we're we're still on topic, and we're actually discussing the topic. It's just Mike has brought up some things that he, we've got to give him a hard time about. He's working at some childhood trauma. Exactly. This is therapy for Mike. Oh, anyway, Sim Tower. Aww. He's Us. just talking about Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> we've lost Pat. Uh, has anyone else played Sim Tower? No, no. Is that like you build like a skyscraper? I've yeah, never basically. heard of it. Honestly, S- Sim Tower: The Vertical Empire. Is it like it's... a pre- predecessor to Minecraft or something? No, it's more of a construction and management simulation game. You're making your tower. You're putting various things where the people wouldn't really have to leave. Uh, setting up the different elevators, having restaurants, medical centers, parking lots. Basically, scared. yeah, kind of, kind of like built arcologies. If you remember from Shadowrun, we're like Renraku. Yeah, that sort of thing where they work there, they live there. I don't yep. remember if you have to build like a graveyard so they can die there, but does it come with a comb over? You're fired. It's like Trump Tower. You're building Trump Tower. That's what I equated it with. Shit. All right. Anyway, no, I've never heard of. I, I, I didn't play any of the Sim games ever, and I, I people have always asked me why, and I just I don't know. They just never interested me for some reason. I've heard they're great though, and they are been around forever. Honestly, my favorite of the early Sim games is actually Sim Ant. Uh, I install it every couple of years to play it again because it's probably clearly the most educational. Where you're actually running an ant colony. Uh, you can ca- take control of one ant at a time, dig the various tunnels and the various chambers for use in the colony, uh, uh, explore the yard to find food and watch out for predators like spiders and whatnot. Although you could get, if you've got enough ants in your colony, you can actually marshal them to attack the spider and you'll lose a bunch of ants, but then the spider will turn into piles of food. And oh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your individual ants, like if you find food, you will leave a scent trail, a pheromone trail behind uh, your little ant and you'll see the other ants from the colony start to automatically follow that scent trail to where you found food and start bringing 
bringing it back to the colony. That's cool. Were there other ants that you can like fight against? Yes. Uh, you usually choose to play as red ants or black ants, and uh, on some maps you will have a competing ant colony, and the easiest way to win that map is to wipe out the other ant colony. Eventually you uh, go through the yard, and you can even have uh, hazards like the human mowing the lawn, and you might lose some ants to the lawnmower. Oh, wow. And eventually you can Sweet. move into the house, and you win the game once you have driven the humans out of their house because it's infested with ants. <laughs> It was yeah. freaking awesome. Hmm. Yeah, you had elements of like real-time strategy, simulation, building, uh, and plus, I mean, you get to make people leave their house screaming, oh no, ants. <laughs> could, could you teach the ants to play the piano? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not through that game you had. I could teach them math. <laughs> Okay, with Mike and his fixation on math, this is one I haven't actually played, Math Blaster. You know, I, I, I came back to that one several times because I swear we had a version of that in school, but I could not find one that looked like the one I used to play. So it seems familiar, but Mike, was this one you had or you played? No. <laughs> There's no blasting, only math. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mike's world. By this point, I had been fooled once already. <laughs> I'm not getting fooled again. Oh, this is a real I will game. say nothing but no. I... <laughs> Mike's like, I don't believe in blasting math. Just math. Let's just say I never really got into the whole learning game thing when I was a kid. Well, I, no wonder with games like math. <laughs> is this what the world of educational software is like? No thanks. I'm going to stick to Donkey Kong Country. So with nobody who actually played it, uh, uh, Math Blaster, Reader Rabbit, they were generally targeted as, at people who are a little younger than us. You know, I say that, but look at Reader Rabbit actually that's, came out in 1986. I was going to say, that's... Uh, newer one of the bunch read a rabbit yeah you know speaking in terms of like uh oregon trail sure yeah it is newer than that but i don't think any of us would really have been too old for well let's see 86 yeah no 86 well you would have been the closest yeah and even this is like uh targeted at ages six to nine so i would have been already in probably seventh grade math blaster is still around oh yeah and it's an online game with a guy with blue hair and a giant slug. Yeah, he looks <laughs> kind of like Captain Planet. Yeah. Is there Not slogan the still topic. blasting? I hope. <laughs> no, it's still mathing after all these years. Wait, we're talking about Reader Rabbit. Damn it. No, we're talking about Math Buster. Wait, which one are we talking about? Uh, kind of talking about both of them because they're kind of in the era where they're both a little bit too new for them to have been appropriate for our age. But I figure they were worth mentioning. Because uh, a lot of people who are near our age would have used them to learn math or to learn to read. Well, see, and that's the tricky part is that computers were just kind of becoming the home versions when we would have been at the right age where educational software is kind of the most appropriate. Because, you know, you think about it up to like 86 being probably the latest because that would have been for at least, well, I would have been like 12 um, you know, Mike and Pat would have been getting close to high school and you would have been just like, what, a year behind me or so? Yeah. So, I mean, I think we graduated uh, high school the same year, but uh, I was younger. Home computing was just becoming a thing, just not more than a few years, few years before that. So, I mean, for me anyway, the educational games that we had at my school were, you know, on the green screen. And um, I think I mentioned this on a previous show, Chris, who you guys know from my wedding, he uh, he and I used to hack into the, uh, the program which was not difficult back then because there wasn't any protection and rewrite it so it would you know be obscene or whatever and I could not find any of the games that we used to play because I didn't know the name of them but I couldn't find anything looking up you know any of the buzzwords but I distinctly remember a uh, sexual education software 
that they had. And it had like, uh, you know, a, a penis and vagina and stuff. And it was... And it had a guy named Larry? No. And it was a uh, green screen. And, uh, you know, it, it, it was like a question and answer thing. I would show a picture or would just have some text and you'd answer a question and keep going forward. And I think even at the end of that, there was like a, yahoo, like you won. But Please tell me it was not named Custer's Revenge. No. <laughs> no, it was not on Atari. It was on the... Okay. It was on a PC, but... You know, that was my educational software when I was growing up. Because at home, my parents were not mean. They weren't cruel, you know. They're not like, here's a copy of Math, son. Go be in the corner by yourself. Go, go, go Math. Now, what about the last one on the list here? Because I added that one last night. Did any of you ever play Lemonade Stand? Lemonade Stand? Uh, yeah. Uh, Lemonade Stand actually reminds me of a game I played years later uh, called Drug... Was it Drug Wars? Sounds very similar. Not yeah. at all. <gasps> no, it, it it was very much like Lemonade Stand because you had to you would get a hold of your drugs or your lemons and you had to move from different locations in the city to sell them and you had to find out where was the best place to uh, to ditch your lemons. I mean, this game it's according to the article that I dug up on it was created in '73. Wow. Um, and came to the Apple II mm. platform in 79, and then throughout the 80s, you know, it kind of, it's it's still out there now. But, yeah, I mean, it taught you about economics and, you know, I running just, a lemonade stand. I just looked it up on Wikipedia. I swear I didn't put this uh, in. See also Dope Wars, a game <laughs> with similar mechanics, right at really? the bottom of the Wikipedia article. I, I just saw that. I just was bringing that up. But, I mean, it's a very simple concept. But, again, it's kind of like Oregon Trail in, the, in so much as that, you know, you've got to balance all of the little fine details in order to make it successful, just like you would have to balance all the details to get from, you know, the end of the trail. It's the same kind of concept. It's all about life skills, more or less. Whereas math, you know, there was no point except to learn math. There wasn't an end game. It wasn't like at the end of math you, like, graduated high school or something. When I see you on Monday, I'm going to punch you in the dick. At the end of math, you just got lonely. Just make sure you shout really loudly, math! I should do it. <laughs> yeah. There will be photography. Uh... Hey, Pat. So, so. Remember, you're math champion now. Hey, Pat. Yes. <laughs> there you go. So is that all we got for uh, educational software, like 1970s through, like, late 80s-ish? About 86, we're saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're probably mm-hmm. not going to pick up the educational game straight off from the 90s, but a lot of what we're going to talk about is going to be more of the, like, post-college to today after the break. I mean, is there any of the games on here that you guys remember that you couldn't find the name for like I did where, I mean, because there was there was other ones that we used to have. Most of them were like text based games where there was, you know, a, a picture or something that you're using as reference and then you would answer a question. But I mean, was there any other ones that you remember that? Well, I'll be I'll be honest. Any, like, most oh. of my game, most of my gaming that I did when I was younger, like in eighth grade and, and early high school was just me programming my own games for myself to play and friends and stuff like that. Just like these little stupid games um, that you could say, you know, back, back in the day, the little um, Texas instrument computers where you saved it on a cassette. And I just yeah. had so I had tons of different cassettes of games that I had just written and I gave them to people or sold them to people. Like kids would just buy games off me to turn in and be like, yeah, I wrote this game for my class project. You know? We used to take the cassettes out of the TRS-80s and put them in each other's Walkman. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that scene in Back to the Future. It, yeah, it was just I like that. That's fun. Uh, but yeah, well, no, I, 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 I several times like would write programs that you know just were too big even for the cassettes and it would end up breaking the computers and the, the computer teacher kept getting mad at me because I would like keep breaking the TRS-80s. So. <laughs> you were a bad student. Well, we used to have those um, games where it'd be like a pick-a-path book where you'd, again, kind of a text 
game where you answer a question and take you to a different scenario and eventually, you know, you get a different uh, route every other time. We used to rewrite those too and, and make a variation on the story where it'd take you to a different place or it roundabout it would get frustrating and so people would play it and get... So, I mean, we were educating ourselves on how to be annoying. No, hackers or writing software. I mean, think about it. That's what you're doing, Pat. Yep. How many other kids could say that back then? Several. Some. Um, all the all the kids that sat in the front row. Those are the ones. And you were an entrepreneur. You were also learning <laughs> math skills. The, the ones fun who way. didn't have dates to the dances. Those were all the kids. <laughs> <laughs> that was more because of your looks. Oh. Just talking about Shaft. <laughs> talking about <laughs> math. <laughs> That's right. That's even better. All right. Well, who wants to take a break? I got a pee. Because I know I do. <laughs> I need something to drink, definitely. Yeah, I got a pee. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about educational software and what it has grown into now. <laughs> What is the game that means your grades are not the same? Math. Damn right. Dude, shut your. What about the? I'm just talking. You guys about remember math. the one where he had to land the the moon lander? Oh yeah. Um, it's like you can control the pitch. Yes, yeah, like is it called Moonlander? I don't know what it was called. Probably not. Moon, no, Moonlander was when you <clears throat> were running. You're driving the little car across. Oh shit! You just reminded straight. me of another very educational game. Leisure Suit Larry. Kerbal Space Program. I don't know what that is. Kerbal Space oh, Program? Oh, yeah. Kerbals? That's a good Kerbal. Kerbal's <laughs> Space Program? That would be awful. <laughs> Not Kerbal's. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't want to play that game. Oh, my God. I almost snorked all over my keyboard. <laughs> good. No, I, that's bad. It was, it was a soda I just opened. I was taking the first sip, and you said Kerbal's? <laughs> That was brilliant uh, delivery. Apparently a guy who works for NASA has played Kerbal Space Program and said he learned <laughs> more about certain concepts in rocketry playing the game than he did working at NASA. That's, That's funny. interesting and scary. Yeah. What, what, what's, what's a game where you uh, have to get the trajectory and you're shooting like you have two sides shooting at each other and there's like the mountains and stuff? We used to play it in Concordia or at after Concordia. I don't know. Are you talking about Scorched Earth? Yes. Is that considered education? Uh, probably not. I mean, it's basically the same as the game where you were two gorillas standing on skyscrapers throwing bananas at each other. <laughs> and worms. You do, is... you, do have, you do learn trajectory. and well, That's what I'm talking yeah. about. You did have to learn how to adjust for certain things that you maybe... I mean, there was actual physics involved. In, in a way. Right, yeah. that's what I'm saying. And what, I mean, are we I recording believe... this? Is this part of the show? No, not really. Yeah. Oh. Well, we're recording well, it. Well, we're recording it, yeah. Maybe we should actually get this role and uh, talk about stuff like this. Well, welcome back to the conversation, <laughs> folks. We hope you've been listening. Now we're talking about new stuff. There we go. Now we're started. Oh, yeah, okay. We started about 30 minutes ago, apparently. <laughs> and there's what? a lot of me eating, then, if that's what we're doing. <laughs> and Pat almost snorking his soda, me talking about Goebbels Space Program. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we're going to the moon. All right, before we hit up our list, let's talk about, uh, like, games that kids in our lives have actually played. Like, Pat and I don't actually have kids that we know about, but uh, you and Joel, Mike and Joel do. So what, what do we got? Have their been educational games in your house that your kids play? Define educational. Oh, wait, we already did. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. That we've done, we have a typing typing challenge. 
I think is the, is the name of it. Uh, it's a uh, just your. It's almost like uh, Mavis Beacon. Oh, okay. It was online. It was free. The, that's the thing about educational software now is you can find a lot of stuff online that is is free, and you don't have to you know deal with you know buying Mavis Beacon, which is actually pretty damn expensive, if I remember correctly. Um, educational software right now, what they've been using is uh, more now that they're older has been a Duolingo for learning French. Hmm. Yeah. And they, well, it's what's cool about it is that the Duolingo app, you know, we've got it on the uh, the cell phone and on the the Kindle, different uh, handhelds. Is if you have a microphone on there, it'll teach you a word and you say it back. And since you have the microphone on there, it'll tell you if you're saying it correctly. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you know, they'll they do French that way. They put the headset on, put the microphone on, and they'll be talking and talking to the uh, computer up, upstairs and having a conversation and learning the correct way to pronounce these words and all that sort of thing. Uh, they did have a leapfrog. Uh, and several different learning type games with them, but once they discovered uh, the uh, Nintendo DS, then all bets were off. Yeah, right? You know, they, they were, yeah, they wouldn't. But in the but in the in the DS, I see Josh, you have this on there, Brain Age. Oh yeah, which is they've played some of it. I mean, they they enjoy it. I, what about you, Joel? Well, I mean, as far as as education games go, I mean, once they started, um, you know, playing with. I mean, I had the Xbox that we got. Eventually, I got the Xbox. Um, and that's for calling me a hot dog. I didn't call you. Who, I did not call you a hot dog. It was you me. called. I, I just, you called me a hot dog. I, did. I didn't. I'm sorry. I thought you called well, me. No. Me. Okay. I said you were boring and pedantic. McDonalding. <laughs> McDonalding. You got McDonald ruled. Michael McDonald. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, Damn it! And I, as usual, come off unscathed. They they started playing um, <laughs> at least physically the DS primarily, and we didn't really have any educational games on there. Uh, it wasn't until we they started playing the Xbox, which is where I was going with this, because originally I was the only one really playing it. That um, they got into Minecraft, and they actually got into Minecraft because of the we had a tablet, so they were playing it on there, and then it grew into the Xbox 360, and that's pretty much the game they primarily play, other than. Plants vs. Zombies or um, Angry Birds. So, and Angry Birds, you know, there's physics involved to some extent. Um, and so there is some education there. But Minecraft, yeah, I mean, I, that's on your list of things coming up now. I mean, that's something they play constantly. And I'm amazed at the actual level of skill because, you know, it's not just about building stuff and knocking it down and killing stuff and getting food and all that. I mean, that's part of it, but there's a lot of creativity that goes into it. I mean, you see some of these maps that people have designed where there's, you know, they recreated the entire world of um, Game of Thrones in mm-hmm. the world of Minecraft. You know, these things that are just insanely did, did, big. Did you see the guy that, like, created the world in Minecraft? Uh, like, he recreated Earth out of no, Minecraft? No, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah. by that. But I mean, you know, just watching some of the stuff that they've built where they'll build, like, you know, the, the things don't really move or anything like that, but they've built giant, like, like a robot chicken or, you know, uh, giant um, castles and things. And it's just real creative and it's it's neat. I mean, I don't totally get it and I'm, I'd have never played it myself, but I mean, that's the closest to educational they've got other than stuff at school. I mean, they've got stuff they do at school that's educational programming software. Sure. And once you get into advanced Minecraft, there's a lot of stuff that can be used in a classroom and is used in the classroom, including some basic mechanical programming. You can set up switches to do things automatically. Uh, there's a rudimentary
rudimentary electricity system called redstone, which is this red power that can hold a charge and can uh, flip different things to one or zero, and you can do basic basic like mechanical ca- calculators or simple computers in the which game. Which is funny. My, uh, actually, they one of one of them, they're both into it, um, brought home a book about that that they checked out from the library at school. Uh, yeah, about, somebody redstone? Out there, about redstone? Yeah. Somebody out there apparently made a huge calculator that you could use out of, all, out of nothing but Minecraft parts. Yeah. Yeah, I actually wore uh, my Minecraft shirt to work today, my uh, Minecraft local builders union shirt, because <laughs> personally I, I played a lot. It's been a few weeks since I've gotten into it, but on various single or multiplayer servers, that's the, one of the games I'm I'm into. I've never played it. It's everywhere, man. I mean, literally, like every system, every format, every platform, whatever you want to call it. T-shirts, toys. I mean, that's the other thing. They've got, you know, they've got literally like stuffed animal toys. They've got actual toys, like action figures of the characters of Steve and the zombie and uh, the Slenderman, or no, what do you call the creeper? The creeper. And what's the tall black one? Uh, really... Enderman. Enderman. Nope. Yeah, that one is the one I like actually of the ones. But I, it's creepy when you're playing the game and all of a sudden you hear these like noises coming out of all the speakers. It's messed up. Anyway, that's Minecraft. Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't yeah. think they had anything like zombies. Or anything they do, there. yeah. Yeah, you have to build something safe before nightfall because uh, monsters come out at night. Oh, wow. And then I thought it was just nether. like a completely open world where you just build what you want to build. No. Hmm. I mean, you can, but there's more to it than that. We talked about that on, on one of the episodes yeah, of this. the first uh, video game show. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I played on a hardcore PvP server where basically you could protect any little plot of land that you built, but once you were caught outside your little plot of land to get yourself food or get yourself more resources or whatever, uh, other people could kill you, and once you were dead, they could bust uh, into your house and take anything that you'd... uh uh, you'd accumulated over the course of your time there, and you could uh, join factions, and a certain number of you might have to be dead in order for your base to be breakable and your chests to be raidable. Hmm. It's very interesting the different game modes that people have gotten into with uh, modding the game. I played on a Super Smash Brothers server. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm in with this with Pat. I've never. Uh... <clears throat> Never played it. Yeah. I know a lot about it, but not from playing. <laughs> Through osmosis, I guess. <laughs> sure. More, that's all they talk about constantly. So, well, what about other uh, other softwares? Uh, like You guys mentioned a leapfrog, and I heard Pat talk about it. I don't actually really know. I know it's some sort of handheld device, but could you explain to me what a leapfrog is? It's... You want me to do it? You... It's kind of like... Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a chunky, low-res Game Boy. Yeah. And it has I mean, and it, it, with, a with, touch different, with different cartridges of different things that you can learn that you you put in there, and you just interact with it, and it just teaches you different. Th- it's like it's almost like interactive flashcards. It's nothing like you know the graphics aren't like really crazy, um, but they're not horrible. I mean, well, it's kind of yeah, in it, the lines of like the old handhelds that we had, um, like Game Boy, but in color. I mean, a little yeah. bit higher in than that, but pretty simple. Yeah. Can you play yeah. math? Not not the original classic math, but there are variations that actually have sound. <laughs> I made my point before they're still, it started. They're still working on updating the code. Right. We may have there's deserved this. that one. <laughs> there's conflict in the 2 plus 2. Uh, it, it's difficult to make a game that boring. <laughs> it really is. You almost have to intentionally try to make a game that boring. Exactly. Uh, now you guys are just trying to make him McDonald's you. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> No, not happening. You're not getting it. Aww, that's what she said. Oh, uh, we've been shut out. <laughs> 
Yeah, McDonald is no longer for you. <laughs> uh, you were talking a little bit about Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Uh, the next couple games on the list are games that are variations on classic educational games, but with zombie themes. This yes, is the one. Typing of the Dead. I looked this yeah. up, and I really want to try this. It is currently on, actually on sale on Steam. Oh, really? It is, for like eight bucks. Because basically, it looks like an arcade uh, zombie shooter, but instead of pointing your zapper or whatever at the screen, you have to type successively harder words before they get to you, and if you do, you shoot them in the head. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why it looks it's, fun. It's, uh, it's based off House of the Dead. Not the crappy Udo... Uh, no, not the crappy movie. I couldn't think of the, his name often. Yeah, not the crappy movie, but the pretty awesome... Uh, Uwe Bull. Did you almost yeah. call him Odo Udo King? I almost called him Udo Kier. Oh, okay. Which is not terrible. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's that one was for you, Pat. Thank you. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm looking at the different uh, phrases you have to type out, like, bet your life, uh, quintessence of dust, to thine own <laughs> self, so, sexual tyrannosaur. Yep. <laughs> well, the, uh, the thing about this game is that originally it came out for the Dreamcast. And it was a uh, uh, pack-in if you bought the keyboard. You can either get the keyboard by itself, or later on you can get the keyboard for uh, the um, with the game itself. Wow. Yeah. So like piano. Basically, Not yes. getting it. Not happening. Nope. Not doing it. I may have just bought Typing of the Dead. <laughs> on accident? <laughs> like, no, on purpose while we were, we were recording. That means he did. Yeah. I I think it looked like fun. I mean, out of all the ones that I looked at of the new ones, that one the one that interested me the most cuz I like typing. I do it basically for a living and um I think it'd be a fun way to test your skills and kill zombies at the same time. Those are my skills. <laughs> What, killing zombies at the no, same Chuck. time as typing? <laughs> yeah, the cool thing about this mm. is if you look at the trailer, instead of carrying guns, the, the kid, you know how normally you see your hand up in front with a gun, in the original Dreamcast version, the guys would walk around, they had keyboards that were like strapped to their necks. They had little like little mini desks that they wore on the wore on the front of them. They would type. You can see them typing on the side. Mike, I just paid for this. Don't make it sound lame. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it reminds me of is Matt from the Atari. <laughs> did you get? The, I'm sorry. Did you get the Overkill version or did you get the uh, Thou Filthy Love Collection? I just picked up Overkill. Looks like typing. Yeah, typing the dead Overkill. Is it multiplayer? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, the other zombie twist on a classic is it is multiplayer. Oh, it is multiplayer. Oh, yeah, that's that's a six seventy nine well spent. Uh, the other uh, game that we wanted to talk about is one I have both on Steam and my phone. It is an update of Oregon Trail called Oregon Trail. Which is great. Is that a porn? No, it, it is a no. zombie apocalypse. Instead of a Conestogan wagon, you have a station wagon. Uh, mm-hmm. You are traveling across country during the zombie apocalypse. You have to keep track of your bullets, your food. Who gets bit. Yeah, you might have to put down survivors because they've been bitten and they're going to turn. And that is more loyal to the original than the remake is. Yeah, instead of having to deal with hostile natives, uh, you might have looters that attack, uh, try and take your stuff. Take uh, members of your group hostage. Instead of having to forge streams, you have to get the uh, station wagon through hordes. Uh, it's, is it a porno? You said through whores. No. What is with what? you? He's, he's just 
Aiken from the McDonald. <laughs> that's that like really? a, that's like a that's like a marketing campaign. Are you Aiken for the McDonald? That might be a porn. E I E I O. E I E I O. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Talking about chap. <laughs> I can dig it. Uh, yeah, buddy. Anyway, you were saying about oh, you got to get through the hordes. Hordes, yes. Uh, and instead of having like axles for your Conestogo wagon, you might have batteries for your car. I actually only made it cross country once playing Oregon Trail, and there was only one survivor left. Yeah, it, it is difficult. It is not an easy game to play. But then again, neither was the original. The original actually, I mean, how many of us actually made it to Oregon in the original Oregon yeah, Trail? Yeah, no. So, but they did um, <clears throat> They did the remake. I downloaded the remake of or, or the Oregon Trail, and it's fucking Farmville. Oh, oh man, really? Yeah. What isn't these days, it seems like? It, you know, initially it's like, oh, you can either play Ma or Pa. We've made it to Oregon, and now we're going to create our city in this, that, and the other. Oh, you better tap, you know, tap the wheat to, her, to collect the wheat and tap the log to move the log out of the way and tap this to do this. And it was just, I un- uninstalled it pretty quick. And I can imagine. bother your friends to get one more wagon wheel. And, right. Yeah, or energy or whatever. It was not, uh, it's not worth the download. That's a shame. Unless you like Farmville, and if you do, you don't listen to this show, so. Hey, I hear they're making an updated version called Trail of Tears. It's kind of like Oregon Trail, and they're going to turn it into a board game eventually. That's not true. None of that is true. Body foodie father. No. Not at I'm Michael McDonald myself. Don't be so you racist. You don't get Joel. to do that. I, how many times do we have to talk about this? I didn't say I'm it. the racist one, not you. I didn't say I was well I didn't say anything terrible about it. I just said never mind. So Go brain on. age. Yes, brain age. <laughs> brain age, brain age. That's that Hanna Barbera. Brain cartoon. age is a great game. It, have you have you ever played it? No, I don't know what it is. It's a a game that is meant to stimulate your your thinking. So it's got all these different games like there's math there is there's one where I, I forget what the technical term is but they show four or five different colors red blue green yellow whatever and black and they'll show the word black but it'll be blue and you have to talk because there's a microphone in the ds you have to say whatever i forget josh is it what the whatever the color yeah, is the color whatever that, that it's written in not what the color says yeah you have to say the color of the font so and that is a you know i get a lot a lot of weird looks when you play it in public because you're sitting there and you're still looking at the DS, which is being held sideways, so nobody's really sure what you're doing, and you're going blue, green, yellow, black. You know, at this, I always <laughs> got frustrated when the microphone couldn't understand what I'm saying. It's like black, black, yeah, blue, blue, and, yeah. blue. and and you're wa- you're walking through like you know uh, Harlem area or something. You're like black, black, black. <laughs> They're all staring at you. Like, sorry. Yes, you can have your racist title back. Up. Thank you. I'm trying. I don't want it. <gasps> just stop competing for it. I didn't. I just said something. <laughs> Never mind. This this it's game worse was, when uh, it happens and you don't know it. <laughs> this game was developed from uh, basically a collaboration Wait. from uh, Satoru Iwata, who's the president of Nintendo. Wait, are we talking about Brain Age? Or are we talking about who's the racist? We're, no, <laughs> we're talking about Brain Age. Oh, okay. Uh, Professor Ryuta Kawashima. I think I'm pronouncing that right. A wrote the book talking about training your brain in several minutes a day. And Nintendo came to Professor uh, Professor Kawashima and asked him to design a game. And uh, this has gone through several scientific tests to see if it actually has an effect on improving concentration. And uh, neurologists have gotten to the point where they are recommending playing the game for prevention of either Alzheimer's or dementia. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so, I actually so there bought you it. go. I actually bought a DS and um, all the copies of Brain Age from my father, and he actually really enjoyed play, playing it. He said that he actually did feel a difference between when he, you know, before he was playing and after. Because after he played it for a while, he had an easier time recalling things. He said, "Yeah, and that's exactly what that game is meant to do. It's really, really nice. A nice little game. They also was a, the um, the knockoff Big Brain Academy, which." I don't know if there was any big difference in the two of them. I mean, basically, it was a cash grab. Uh, both games, just to be fair, even though I always felt like it was doing something for me, a lot of people have said that uh, it's come under criticism, both games, for being more of a fad and saying that you could probably get the same cognitive increase by just playing with a Sudoku book or having an in-depth conversation with friends shortly after uh, waking up. Uh, I play both of them. Uh, they're variations on a theme. Hmm. Brain Age, I've, I've played them both also, and Brain Age is, honestly, in my opinion, the better of the two. I thought so as well. I've, I've never played oh. the other, so I've just, I've just done Brain Age, and I, I really liked it. Now, historical strategy games. What have we learned from Civ? Uh, that Gandhi loved, Gandhi loved nukes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always attack uh, first, that I learned. In general, I think that from basic historical facts uh, down to, like, who were the traditional military and political leaders of the various factions, uh, what wonders they were associated with, what famous military units was a culture associated with, and what made it special, and even, like, what were the wonders of the ancient world, the wonders of the modern world, which technologies indicated a shift from, say, the Renaissance to the uh, industrial era. I learned a lot from playing the various, the five civilization games. And they were fun. Oh, yeah. I never played them again. Um, the Paradox strategy games, which I've talked about at length, uh, Crusader Kings. Uh, there's other games in their series, Europa Universalis, Hearts of Iron, Hearts of Iron a few others. Uh, I can say that these games have taught me things about both historical personages and how war was done. Uh, Crusader Kings, one of the things that I thought found was interesting is you can't just attack anybody because you want to. It's like, well, I just want to attack that guy. I want to take his land. So in a normal strategy game, I just like move my dudes over there and then I get his land. Uh, Crusader Kings taught me about the medieval concept of casus belli, which is like a reason for war. You had to make up a reason if you didn't have one. Uh, you actually have to send advisors in to like forge paperwork saying that like you have a legitimate legal claim to this guy's land before you can start sending dudes with swords over there to murder his guys. <laughs> hmm. And I didn't know that was actually a thing. So badly. Yeah, right. and sometimes it takes years to get the bribes in place and to get all the documents forged and to pay off the people to say, oh, yeah, I know that 10 generations ago this family had a claim. And you, uh, I ended up uh, learning about not just the traditional like men of the crusade, like uh, Richard the Lionhearted, or uh, I'm just blanking, but later on the uh, Golden Horde and the Timurids, and um, there's one other horde coming from the east. Uh, but I had heard the name Tamerlane before, but until playing Crusader Kings, and all of a sudden there's this Mongolian guy who is Muslim, and he's got like three hundred hundred thousand troops and he's just crushing everything i end up going to wikipedia to find out who this guy was and finding out that his story was completely historically accurate he, he was one of the mongolian invaders who was uh one of the not actual descendants but like spiritual descendants of genghis khan and he was a devout muslim and he started invading uh that area of europe and he got pretty far so hmm. yeah tamerlane oh there you go 
like I said, I've been wanting to, I've been wanting to get into that game. Crusader. Yeah, I just been kind of intimidated because Josh has told me several times there's a really high learning curve. Yeah, I've I've gotten through putting my name in. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> well, it's you know, Joel, you have to un- understand Crusader Kings. When Josh says it's a deep game, it it it's amazingly deep. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's I mean, just well yeah. for me. Sure. It's not a game that I've that I've delved in before, and it's though it's there's a lot of it that I wish I could play, but I. And honestly, it's just the time of being able to sit down and figure out how to play it. Speaking of time-intensive games, uh, there's the Kerbal Space Program. Kerbal Space Program, I <laughs> bought when it was on sale, and I like snapped my first ship together. I was like, okay, we're going to get an engine, and we're going to put a rocket on it, we're going to put fuel here, we're going to put a little uh, man module for the guy here, and we're going to put fins on it. And, okay, I went through the tutorial, so I sort of know how to launch it. My rocket fell over and then blew up. <laughs> <laughs> second one fell over, burned down, fell over, then sank. I, I think the second one actually got off the ground and then and went sideways and blew up. <laughs> I, I think I'd launched like six or seven before I was able, actually able to have one of the little Kerbal dudes survive like the landing. <laughs> It's even better. Joel, do you guys know what a Kerbal looks no. like? Uh-uh. No. Imagine a taller green version of the uh, minions from uh, Despicable Me. <laughs> and it's it's fun. Yeah, I'm, I always got post a picture in the chat. It's just my internet's being slow. Uh, copy image. But your microphone is being fantastic. I, I too love the new mic. <laughs> we do too. Mike, we love you. Yeah, I'm talking to Beat the new mic, same as the old mic. Ah, we got it. So that's that's a Kerbal uh-huh. in the chat, that it's little green cute. guy. Yeah, but they die awesome. Oh. Yeah, they're really excited until the rocket catches fire. <laughs> then they look scared. Yeah, I bet. Uh, I was talking to you guys before the break about how there are actually engineers from NASA who say that they learned more about uh, mechanics and inertia of creating like the perfect orbit from playing Kerbal Space Program than they actually learned working for the space program. Which actually sounds kind of scary, but I believe that most people who work for NASA are probably not responsible for the whole package, from like assembling the rocket to launching it to determining uh, what, how much thrust you need and at what angle in order to like create a stable orbit and then a safe reentry. I'm still not very good at that. I, I have orbited a planet successfully. I have landed without getting my Kerbal killed. I have not yet uh, been able to do a moon landing. But they're constantly uh, updating Kerbal Space Program, so it's uh, definitely... I would say it's a, more of an educational game for adults, though, because it's very difficult. Yeah, it's for as cute as it is, there is a high learning curve. Although I can say there is a free demo on Steam, so you would probably know uh, after playing the demo whether it's something that's like, wow, this is way too much game for me, or this is probably something I'd want to try. So there you go. Yeah, that's that's the Kerbal, not, not the Goebbels space program, as I see <laughs> in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, Pat, that was for you. <laughs> I don't know if you saw it or not, that's all. I did, I, I did. So have you guys used Duolingo yourselves? No, I but don't even know what it is. It's it's the language program, right? That Mike was talking about. Yeah, I was just talking yeah. about. Yeah. I mean, is it fairly basic, I, like simple to use? No, it's it gives you it's teaching you full sentences. I mean, it's teaching you conversational languages. It's not just a you know this is you know this is Mike pencil you know that sort of thing. It's hopefully by the end of it you're going to have a a whole conversation in whatever language you're speaking. And there's more than just you know there's French, there's Spanish, there's the basics, but um. Hang on. I'm trying to remember. There, it comes out. On, it's also on Android, and it's also on iPhone. And you can learn uh, 
Spanish, French, Italian, German, Portuguese, Dutch, Italian, Irish, Russian, Turkish, Romanian, Hungarian, Polish. So you've got all these different languages that you can learn. Like right now, it also tells you how many people are using it. 14.5 million people are using it to learn Spanish. 8.9 million people are using it to learn French. That's cool. Uh, it is. And it's very neat because what you can do, I mean, when you're, if you hook it up with the full, the full thing with the microphone and all that, you have this conversation that goes back and forth and it teaches you how to say it with little accents and everything. And for French, I mean, that's pretty important too. So, well, yeah. And you can, can tell when that they've been doing their French lessons when I come home for the day and nobody wants to talk to me in English. <laughs> and they're wearing berets. <laughs> but, See that or they've been watching yeah, Mythbusters. Uh, and they surrender to you as soon as you come home. <laughs> right. Yeah, it doesn't take long and it's like, I declare this, oh, we give up. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I have a uh, Facebook friend who's actually a real friend uh, or at least uh, <laughs> uh, we hung out a lot. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Let's start time. over, you fuckers. <laughs> it's a good buddy of mine who moved to New York, and uh, before he moved away, I believe he used this program to teach himself German. So I realized, I was like, oh, I have this Facebook friend, but uh, okay, he's not just a Facebook friend. You say he's just a friend? <laughs> Jesus. Oh, baby, you. Uh, n- oh. Now now points are being scored on me off a of math boy. <laughs> <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. No. Did you win? No. Did the problems get harder? No. <laughs> was it programmed? That was the worst part about it. There was no winning. I mean, was it programmed so that, like, at least it had, like, long division or multiplication or anything? No. <laughs> Did you what? pretty much just win more math? <laughs> yes. Uh, I have actually, um, I, now I have a whole bunch of CDs uh, for some learning software myself that my dad had. Uh, I, I'm going to learn how to speak Spanish and German both because of the Pimsleur approach. What's that? It's just another, um, it, it's actually, it's like the Rosetta Stone, but before the Rosetta Stone. This was around, this has been around longer than that one, but not quite as popular. Isn't Does that it the involve, thing that, well, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, isn't that the thing that Michael Douglas was trying to get, the Rosetta Stone? Oh, no, he's romancing this stone. Yeah. Anyway, you are saying, Josh? I, was, I wasn't going to justify that. I, I, I should have gone with my joke. I was going to ask if the Pimsleur approach involved practicing your kegels. Oh. Yeah. Well, somebody explain to me what is the deal with either either of these programs. I mean, Rosetta Stone I hear about all the time, and everybody's like, that's like the way to go. I don't understand why it's so – what's different about it? What's special? Well, like what Mike just told you, those you know, it's those types of programs that interact with you and listen to how you speak. And they're not just teaching you words and phrases. They're teaching you how to have a conversation. So it's not just like, where's the bathroom or what time is it? Or I don't exactly. speak very much, whatever. They're teaching you how to like interact with people speaking that language. Hmm. Interesting. So there is some sort of social networking component to most of these is my takeaway. I'm not sure like on like, Duolingo. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can connect to actual real people doing the same thing, right? I I don't know. Yeah, and I I can't really speak on that either because I haven't downloaded. I just have them sitting in a box right now. I haven't tried them out. He still has to learn how to download them and put them in. No, I just have to learn how to clean this house so I can get my stuff. (laughs) Mike had a game for that. (laughs) Called clean your room. Yeah. Here's your joystick. Mom, this is just paper towels and Kleenex. Shut up. Go clean your room. Kleenex? What's he going to do with Kleenex and cleaning his room? I, don't, I meant to say Windex, but I said Kleenex. <laughs> <laughs> Big difference. I was trying to I was trying to quickly catch up and, and cover it, but I could, so. Here's some Kleenex. Clean the bathroom. That's like, yeah. that's like, that's I'll like. I'll be cleaning uh, it for about two hours, Mom. Expert level cleaning. Here's some Kleenex. Don't knock. Oh. <laughs>
Was he cleaning the fish tank now or something? Yes, that's what oh. I thought. I thought he was shooting tobacco. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Clean the spittoon, Mike. I don't like that game. Clean the spittoon. <laughs> I think we've said about so, all we have to I say about, like cancer. <laughs> about educational software. Oh, I think learned, I said all I had to say about an hour ago, sadly. We learned everything about Mike tonight that we never yeah, needed to oh, know. You... <laughs> And Pat called you a hot dog, not me. This was a well. Yes. This is basically just a well-formatted. Let's pick on Mike show. Apparently, it was now good. What are we going to talk about next week if we are, if we don't? Because we had let's pick on Mike for next week. Oh, oh damn it! Time to <laughs> I know the, radio, the voice. What Godzilla? <gasps> oh, yes. Godzilla. Oh, Godzilla. Godzilla can totally pick on Mike. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> yes, next week. We're getting out of the ba- getting out of the basement or closet or wherever it is that we're recording this. <laughs> what closet? Who's recording in a closet? Know. Isn't that oh, good, oh. man? I have a bedroom, but we're gonna go. Hmm? I have a bedroom because I'm a big boy. Aw, yeah, nice. So we're gonna watch Godzilla, the original one with Raymond Burr, and are it's we also watching original. Gojira? Our the original American version. That was the American Americanized Wait, version. So we're not watching the Japanese version. We should. Yes, you should watch the original 1954 Japanese Gojira. Oh, you're gonna assault me with Godzilla this week. Are we watching the original? Sh- well, that I, is the original. I would recommend watching it. The uh, the Ishiro Honda version, the original 1954. 1956 was Raymond Burr's attempt to bring it to America by overdubbing it and including himself. Um, but it's basically the same movie. God- you act like Raymond Burr found this and was like, hey, I'm going to make this and bring Godzilla, it King of the Monster. Maybe, maybe he was. King of the Monsters. And, and then Raymond there was Burr like was 27 sequels. <laughs> it's a monster. I thought Raymond yeah. Burr was Perry Mason. I didn't know he was King of the Monsters. I'm learning all sorts of stuff. <laughs> and I didn't even need a math cartridge. Nope. <laughs> and then we're going to watch the 2014 Godzilla with Brian Cranston and the lovely and talented Elizabeth Olsen. Godzilla. Well, Godzilla. Lovely and talented Godzilla, yes. Yep. <laughs> Bong. Yep, that guy. So, folks, if you'd like to contact us with uh, some ideas or comments or someone out there that can remember the piano game or math, <laughs> back me up on this. You can email us at 40go14 at gmail.com. Gmail. She didn't get me the cartridge that said read. Just one that said math. That one was a dollar extra. Yeah. And then it's, uh, you can also call us at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. And Josh, if they want to listen to this show, like, where can they find they'd us? they'd like to listen to this show or browse through our archives, you can find us at 40go14.com or on our Facebook page. Just search for 40 Going On 14. Our archives are also hosted on Stitcher, TalkShoe, iTunes, and Blueberry. <laughs> yes, I see. Booberry. <laughs> <laughs> Gable space program. See what I did there? Changed my name to Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm Mike. I'm gonna go play math. <laughs> I'm Patrick. I'm Joel, and math is hard. And I'm Turd Ferguson. <laughs> <laughs> good, good night, everybody. <gasps> Can you make out what he's hearing, Mike? Uh, what he's saying, Mike? Uh, I can't hear I a goddamn thing. I, I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> Is that better? Oh, that's miles oh. better. <laughs> All right. You could have said something before I was like, you know, five paragraphs in. Well, I, I just got this new microphone, so I wasn't sure if it was just like my new headset set up. And I was just being a dick. <laughs>
<laughs> Touche. <laughs> you are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek podcast network. Stay geeky, my friends. <laughs>